welcome to another episode of Grumpy Old Gay Men and Their Dogs. It's episode 82, day 123 here in the Zen Room. My name is Patrick Finn, and I am here once again with the sultry Tommy Gibbons. Hey, bitches. And welcome back, Thomas. Where you been? No, where you been? I've been busy. Yes, I can imagine. Well, I was busy once. It was all you. Oh, it was all me. Yeah, you took two of those three weeks off. Well, yes, I did because of the show. All right. Which is over now, of course. And then uh, I had unfortunate incidences. Yes. And uh, so I had to miss last week. Yes, you did. you had Bryce, who's adorable. Yes, he is. I miss Bryce. What's that? I miss Bryce. We miss him, too. He's such a sweet. I'm very glad he was able to fill in last week. Yeah. Oh, I think he do it all the time. Yeah, he really seems to enjoy doing it. Why not? Why not? (laughs) He knows you. Yeah. So, yeah. I wouldn't do it to anybody who don't. No, you. Oh, God forbid. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> so everything's good otherwise? Everything's fine. Everything's fabulous. Fabulous. Just fabulous. Wow. Okay. Okay. I'm going to mark the calendar for a day you called fabulous. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. I'm so, trying to move on. I'm trying to just feed oh, you the line. So I, that you I, I, I appreciate that. We can move on to our very first segment if you'd like. Don't blame me for drowning when you're the one holding my head on the water. <laughs> oh, this is the kids. It's the dogs. Oh, what are we doing with the dogs? Are we alphabetting again? What are we doing? Well, we're getting to it now. It's called heavy petting. Heavy petting. Yes, and our first segment of the first topic under the, tonight is dogs and cannabis. Okay. There's a report out of New York City that dogs are consuming joints and edibles in parks and on the streets of New York City because of the legalization of cannabis now. So people are smoking freely out on the streets and consuming out on the streets. And I guess they are dropping things on the streets. And edibles is yummy. Yep. So dogs are eating them. Now... Go ahead, finish your story. Well, they said that there's been an 11% uptick in cases uh, in the past year from the roughly 6,200 cases reported in 2021. And that's a 300% increase over the past five years. That's according to the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. Okay, and I say that that tracks. That whole thing makes perfect sense. Of course it makes sense. Uh, And that I think that in the right dosages, uh, in the right way, it can be just as beneficial to any mammal as it is to us, probably. Yes, but in proportion. Of course, of course. In proportion. Of course. Like we give Abigail the uh, the CBD treats, yeah, yeah, yeah. which of course come from the same plant, but it doesn't have the THC it's, in it. Uh, it just right, has right, CBD. Right. Uh, in They're it. gonna have to come up with two names because everybody understands that, and yeah, I get it. And uh, well, every time it comes up, we have to explain it. Of course we do. Uh, of course just, we do. All right, <laughs> but if you suspect that your dog has consumed any edibles I mean, or a bug, like a dog that has arthritis. Yes, it would Anxiety. probably come in very handily. Exactly. Uh, the, in the right dosage, there's no reason why you can't fill a treat with that. Yeah, exactly. You know, wrap some steak around or some bacon or some fucking cheese. But they're not. That's not what they're. They're eating whatever is available. Uh, I know. It's like the kids who shoot. So can you imagine if someone like jumped a blunt and a dog ate it? My right. God! Right. And let's hope that the worst can happen. I mean, 
I don't think you can kill a dog. I don't know. I don't know that there's no there's no reports of any dogs dying from this from overeating marijuana. Yeah, I, and nor do I think there ever will be. But it doesn't mean it's what gonna the dog affect them. Listen, there's a, a matter of consent here. The dog's not saying I I want to get high, but you're looking at an arthritic dog or a psycho dog who every time the phone rings, the dog loses its fucking mind. Some high well, it's one dog. thing for a pet owner to give a dog something to relieve its pain. I, it's another thing for a dog to be wandering out of streets and it comes across uh, a cannabis bud or an edible and I consumes just, it. It's a I'm big difference. Saying, and I know I know you feel the same way that I am this is a, a blending idiot, you know. Of they, course. Just, the, the, the the substance itself hasn't killed anybody at any time, anywhere, in any way. No, but it's for, fucking a dog up and it's fucking an owner's day up because you, the dog's fucked up now. Yeah. And put that shit on TikTok. Right? <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, yes, it's scary. Uh, they, yeah. Okay, but I think that, like I said, I stated it clearly. Yes. I, there's no need to say it again. Uh, then don't. Okay. <laughs> but uh, we'll just add that should your dog, if you suspect your dog has consumed cannabis or a cannabis product, take your dog to a vet immediately and they'll be able to treat it accordingly. No. <laughs> what? You are so tight-assed and I'm saying to let the dog lay down. Leave the dog Excuse alone. me, how do you know how a dog, how an individual dog is going to react to consuming a large amount of cannabis? I'll tell you You have what. no idea. You're not a veterinarian. No, of course I'm not. So Would don't say, so don't say I'm making a big to-do over no, nothing here. I wouldn't be. Well, yeah, but still, so you should bring your dog if it consumes cannabis. People know when accidentally. Uh, I'm saying people know when they when their dog needs a veterinarian's care. I'm not saying that. Oh my god, oh my god, Spot just ate a biscuit. Let's get him to the vet. No, watch the dog. See what the dog does. You know what getting stoned does. Is the dog all right? Is the dog judge the dog before you rush to a veterinarian? Do you know what they're gonna charge you? An so emergency vet. Why wait till symptoms occur if you know the dog has consumed something? Okay. See, and this is what I'm saying is your ass is so tight that it's that that is always that sort of thing in response. You know, you could always just or well, why didn't you? I'm just? saying take care of your fucking dog if it accidentally consumes cannabis. Uh, yeah. And that includes bringing it to a vet. I think yeah, I think that there's nothing wrong with that. No, I think company wide we can agree on that. I'm talking about time. Well, you're making it sound like I think like oh, we shouldn't be telling people that. I'm sorry. I when, what I thought I understood was when you said that if you if you find that your pet has consumed marijuana, seek a veterinarian's care. Yes. Type of message, right? Yes. Now. Okay. So now in my head, I'm thinking, don't like it's it's not like the uh, aliens have invaded. Do you know what I mean? Like, don't everybody rush out and take your dog to the vet just because it ate pot. The dog's going to relax. Like, like, judge how the dog is reacting. I don't want to raise alarm signals. I want to say, cannabis, watch the dog, pay attention to the dog. Cannabis. What does the dog need? Cannabis is classified as an hallucinogen, believe yes. it or not, and as a stimulant. Yes. I we know that. what effect it has on a human. Yeah, we do. You and I are in no position to say what effect it may have on a dog. No. A I... veterinarian is. Of course. You bring the dog to the fucking vet. Okay. Okay, hold on. So turn the microphone down. Put the megaphone down. Take a breath. I'm saying you and your ad, you decide when it's the time to go do that 
based on how your animal is reacting at the time. Yes, wait until your dog is totally hosed up. Then maybe call a vet. Uh, So you're going to refuse? Okay. Okay, you're a Republican. No. Yeah. You're not moving? Uh, I am uh, dog care conscious. And when I know a dog... Has consumed something like that, you should take it to a vet. I, I'm not disagreeing. I'm saying I don't think we should make it sound like the Martians have landed. Everybody grab your dog and go We're to the vet. We're not. Okay. We're just saying. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. You're the one making the mountain out of the molehill here. Look. All I said was if your dog consumed cannabis accidentally, bring it to a vet. They'll be able to treat it. Yes. That's all I've said. Actually, that's exactly what you said. I know. And then you made a whole big stink about me saying that. You're welcome. Why? Because that gave you some tape to air. Oh, (laughs) as if we needed that. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Whatever. Oh, my God. I see what the thing is. He's gone three weeks and he's back like, oh, my God. Whatever. Whatever. You, you, I got a homework assignment and I showed up to class. Oh, thank you. That's what happened. Don't sit your ass down and listen to the teacher. So what are we up to? We're now up to the next segment of heavy petting, which normally we would do our dictionary of dogs. Compendium of canines. Our compendium of canines, (laughs) a.k.a. But instead, we're going to talk about Service dogs. Okay, we talked about police dogs once. We did. We talked we about did. them the last time yeah, we were here. Yeah, that, yeah. And yeah. this time, and this time, what kind of service are you talking about? Like uh, seeing eye dogs. Well, we're talking about all of them all in the general yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For those of you who don't know, a service dog is a dog trained to aid a person who has a disability. They should not be confused with emotional support dogs, which is bullshit thing. I got it for Pickering, and believe me. The service dogs undergo a lot more stringent training than an emotional support dog yeah, does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it serves a different purpose. Of course. You know? It serves a totally this different is, purpose. This is using that part of the brain that makes them hunt and makes them, like, it's manipulating their instincts to focus on or to discover. I, I think it's fucking... Well, amazing. that's all part of the training. I mean, part, yeah, number, yeah, number one, the partner has, the dog's owner or partner ha- must be disabled because they have to be the one to train with the dog. And also, the dog is then specifically trained to mitigate whatever the partner's disability is. Of course. Whether Whether it's opening doors, detecting high blood sugar or allergens... Uh, answering a ringing phone. Your kidneys, your kidney numbers go too high. You start, they're trained because they can smell anything. Yes. And they're also trained, not only to such a high level in their area of discipline, but also not to be a nuisance in public, to be safe with members in the public, and to be well Okay, so, so, so there's this meme that I've seen go around. Okay. I've, it's passed my social media a couple of times, and it is the audience from the stage. Okay. Okay. And so you see four or five rows of seats, and every couple of seats, there's a dog looking at the stage. And it's part of their training when they're out in public to be able to go through what sort of theatrical experience is, that sort of mob thing. Like just sitting there and watching something. Sitting there watching, being a good boy, being quiet, just watch. Yeah, it was Billy Elliot. Oh, wow. I think it was whatever. I mean, it was... But still, yeah, the fact that they're training them that way, that's amazing. That is amazing. That really is. But examples of uh, service dogs are, of course, guide dogs for the blind and visually impaired. Yeah, yeah. Hearing dogs, which I think is... I think that's a a great idea, hearing dogs. Yeah. Help people who are deaf or hard of hearing. Mobility assistance dogs, 
medical response dogs, which we're talking about, the blood sugar levels, seizure response dogs, psychiatric service dogs, and autism assistance Uh dogs, which I I, I just think it's... That's great that they're able to train dogs to perform these type of tasks. It, yeah, I agree. You know, it's, agree. it's, it's admirable. So, it's yes. You got I salute the people who train these dogs to do this in the first place. Figure it out, right? No, we can have that dog do. You know, like how do we know that? How do we train? How did like? It's just an amazing thing, and to find that animal that is so versatile and. Yeah, like how do they decide, oh, this would be a good dog for a person who's deaf, or how this is a good dog for detecting allergens, to you say, know? To say that the dog could or should, and then to go to, to figure out, well, well, we can make him smell this, well, you know, let's heighten up this, and let's make this motherfucker run like his ass is on fire all the time, always, and let, you know what I mean? Like, yep. And to be able to, to, to do that, it's just a... The science behind it is it the science, the breeding, the science of I don't know, but it's an amazing thing that to figure that shit out, right? I think so too. The impulse to even try, yep, definitely. That's cool. Yeah. All right. So that's our salute to service dogs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just oh, Karen, me. This it's common. It's it's old. <laughs> Uh, a woman gets on the bus with a service dog. Okay, clearly a service dog. All the markings, everything, you know. The, the, uh, as she she get that fucking dog off this bus. Well, it's a service dog. I need this dog. I, the dog goes away. He look at. Uh, he's at the, uh, no service dogs are yellow. That dog's black. <laughs> Are you serious? I swear, well, I'll tell you what. It has <clears throat> come a good, or if it's just a great meme that somebody assembled and put together, it's a great story. Uh, it's a, it's. Uh, I mean, yeah. any pretty much, I would say, most types of dogs can be trained as service dogs. Yes, there are particular breeds that they do use. Oh, well, you're not going to use a teacup poodle to defend the castle. No, of course not. Obviously uh, not, you that, know? So, whatever. I just think the whole thing is amazing. I, I do, too. Yeah, that we figured it out, or that we got that far, or whatever even thought about thinking about it yeah that too we now move on to your favorite segments happy birthday many happy returns a very happy birthday yes it's time for today's birthdays okay and we've got two today of course both of them are dead good but i think you'll you'll enjoy these i think the first one born may 3rd 1913 Born and educated in Kansas. He was a high school and college teacher for a while, and then he began working as a drama critic for a St. Louis newspaper in 1943. He eventually became friendly with Tennessee Williams, who encouraged him to write his first play in 1947, Father Off from Heaven. In 1950, his play Come Back Little Sheba opened on Broadway, for which the star, Shirley Booth, got both the Tony Award and an Oscar for the film adaptation. Okay, okay. He won the Pulitzer Prize in 1953 for his play Picnic. I like it. Oh, 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 go ahead. I'm liking this guy. His 1955 play, Bus Stop, was nominated oh, for four Bill Tony Ng. Awards. Is it Bill Ng? Yes, it is. William Ng. Or Ng. I'm never sure how to pronounce it. I don't think anybody is. <laughs> But, of course, the film adaptation of Bus Stop starred Stop. Marilyn Monroe and the very hot Don Murray. Oh, he was so beautiful in that movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had that, like, Americana as metaphor thing down cold. Oh, well, I mean the playwright. Billing. Oh, yes, definitely. In 1961, he won the Oscar for Best Original Screenplay for the film Splendor in the Grass yeah, with yeah. Warren Beatty and Natalie Wood. And we insert porno joke here because everybody has a Splendor in the Ass story. 
There's one for every flavor, whatever. Unfortunately, his later plays middle, met little success, and he was also dealing with alcoholism yeah, throughout yeah. his life. You outlive your shit. Like, you outlive your hair, you outlive yep. your teeth, you outlive your eyes, and you outlive your output. And sadly, he was also a closeted gay man. Yeah. He had a close relationship with an actress named Barbara Baxley, who had no problem being mistaken for his girlfriend or whatever. But their friendship ended for a time when Baxley got married in 1961. Okay, who did he marry? Uh, I don't know who she married, but you know he never married. Okay. But he broke off the friendship because she got married. Oh. But then when she got divorced, they resumed the friendship, but it wasn't the, wasn't the oh, same oh, after yeah, that. All right. Near the end of his life, Frames were trying to convince his sister with whom he was living with to have him committed because he was making threats about suicide. Okay. And he was hospitalized for a drug overdose in 1973. what did they do? But he, then, but he signed himself out of the hospital and then five days later committed suicide by carbon monoxide poisoning okay. at the age of 60. I tell you what, the carbon monoxide poisoning, it's a nice, neat, easy, uh, hor- it's not a horror show. I, I don't know. I saw I've never done fun. it. <laughs> I'm sorry? I, know, I wouldn't know since I've never done it. Could you? Well, uh, but th- does that mean that you can't imagine the type of death it is? I know what they show on TV in the movies. Yeah, Whether that happens in real life, I do not know. Oh, I've never researched the matter that thoroughly. Okay, it, it would just seem to me that as general knowledge, you'd have some sort of reference for that. But where are we? What, what are we talking about? We're talking about William Ng. William Ng. on his birthday. Oh, how old? He, he was 60 years old when he died. When he died. When did he die? He died in 1973. Wow. Yeah. So to him we say... Happy birthday! Happy birthday. I hope you're having a better time in the afterlife than you did in this life. That could be a musical, that whole story. Right? Yeah. Our next birthday celebrant, also dead, she was born Basia Cohen in Brooklyn in May 3rd, 1917. Oh, the dear. child of Russian immigrants. Okay. She studied drama at NYU. Okay. She then met aspiring actor Adolf Green in 1938. That's a bad name. That's a bad time to be called Adolf. <laughs> Probably. Oh, is this um um Green Adolf Green and Dorothy Fields? Nope. Along with the young Judy Holiday and Leonard Bernstein, she and Green formed a troupe called the Reviewers, which performed at the Village Vanguard down in Greenwich Village. Their first Broadway show, writing to get which they wrote together, the book and lyrics, was 1940. Fours on the town with music by Leonard Bernstein. Adolf Green. Yep. And is that the answer? That, well, Green? no, no. With her, what's her name? Her name. It's her a- birthday. A- it's her birthday. Okay. Yes. A- uh, Their uh, other musicals they wrote included "Wonderful Town," yeah. "Bells Are Ringing," yeah. "Applause," and "On the Twentieth Century." Oh. For which this woman appeared in the show when Imogene Imogene Coca left the role that's, that she that's was playing, fantastic. and she filled in. Okay, I'm sure. And their last show together was 1991's Will Rogers Follies. Mm-hmm. They also wrote the screenplay. I love that score. That's what, Will sh- Rogers Follies? Yeah, it's such a show. It's an underrated show. It, yeah, I think it's a very good show. Yeah, I, you know, yeah. Really like done it. on Long Island. 
rarely done. Yeah, I think I brought Howell did it like over ten years ago or so. You have maybe. to have you have to have a committed ensemble begin before you even cast. Yeah, for that the show. Leads yeah, yeah, for that show. They also wrote the screenplays for the Barclays of Broadway, which reunited Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. Green and Adolph Green and and they also wrote the screenplay for Singing in the Rain and for Auntie Mame, starring Rosalind Russell. They won the nineteen sixty eight Tony Award for Best Actress. No, not Dorothy Fields. Are you sure it's not Dorothy positive. Fields? They won the 68 Tony Award for Best Lyricist for the musical Hallelujah, Baby. Okay, I didn't see it. And they won the 1978 Tony for Best Book of a Musical for On the 20th Century. Okay, I love that. I love that show, too. That's a crazy-ass show. Unlike what most people think, she was not married to Adolf Green, but she was married to a businessman named Siegfried Schultzman and had two children. Okay, Schultzman. Yep, and she died in 2006 at the age of 89 of heart failure. Oh, and her partnership with Green was called the longest-running creative partnership in theater history. Yeah, I'm not surprised. And we're talking about Betty Comden. Betty Comden and Green, you asshat. I can't believe he didn't get that. Comden, Shame on you. Back to theater 101 for you. You know what else I always stumble on? Rogers and Hart. Yeah, because you always think Rogers and Hammerstein right away, you know? Yeah, that's classic stuff right there. That's, that's yep. your foundation. That's your, yeah, that's, that's nothing better. It's what people are learning from. Yeah, and I figured, what, do I have it lined up? Oh, oh no, I did. I have a song from On This 20th Century lined up for Good. us. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That was a good show. Have you seen that show at all? I did. I saw the re- the most recent revival in 2015. I did, Which too. was great. I loved it. Loved yeah. that. Really did. Yeah. It was good. It's. I mean, it's a, the production itself, the sets, the everything. Oh, my God, yeah. It's just Wonderful. fantastic. The singing, the dancing, it's all just... The four, I guess, bellboys or busboys yeah, who do yeah. that. The, the opening number of Act 2... That great tap number. They're throughout. That's, yeah. Yeah, uh, they're the throughout the show. The opening of Act Two is their feature. Life is yeah, life is like a train. It's uh yeah, it's and it's it must be expensive either to rent or to produce because nobody does it. Nobody does it. No, I can't remember ever seeing it done on Long Island. I, no. Nobody does. Ever hearing it being produced here. Too bad. Yeah, it is. It's a good show. Funny show. It's and it's you know, I want that pared down version. What do you mean? I want it, I want that version without the seventy six chorus members and the fourteen piece you know, the, the fourteen piece string section. You know, I like bear it down for me, takes take some of the If you just keep it to the train set, you can do that, I think. You don't have to have all the crowd scenes like in the train stage. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, you'd have to. You can fake that part, you know, get away with that. Just the costuming, that. the costuming the costuming alone for that show was expensive. The you sheer know? glitter. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> glitter alone. Glitter. Oh my god, the glitter. For fuck's sake, glitter. <laughs> and you can't get rid of it either. That's why they call it theater herpes. <laughs> That's mu- that's theater herpes is glitter. I never heard that before. That's can't possibly be true. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, glitter is theater herpes. Oh my god! I may be saying it wrong. Well, anyway, to Betty Comden we say. Betty Happy birthday, Betty. Good for you. And now we move on to our next segment. <laughs> oh. 
Who died? Well, we got two this week. Actually, the first one we have died last week on April 27th. His name was Gerald Norman Singer. He was born in London in a shelter during World War II. Oh, 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 I know who this is. His parents were German-Jewish refugees. At age four, they moved to Queens, New York. Yeah. He earned a law degree in 1968 and worked as a campaign advisor for Robert F. Kennedy's presidential campaign. He was also a Cincinnati City Council member yeah. and served oh, as the mayor Jerry of Springer, C- Jerry Springer. Springer, born in a fucking subway station. Yeah, he was the mayor of Cincinnati from 1977 to 78. He then worked as a local news anchor in Cincinnati, where he won several regional Emmy Awards for commentary. But of course, he's best known for the show named after him, The Jerry Springer Show, which ran from 1991 to 2018. And he is considered the a pioneer of trash TV. Absolutely. I, I, I can honestly say I have never watched a full episode of the Jerry Springer show. Oh, God. I have only seen clips, and the clips are hysterical, of I, course. No, you... No, you know, I watched a lot of Jerry Springer. Oh, God. No, I, I never watched uh, a full episode. He, he, the biography fascinates me because... Where does that? I know that background. Like where you started from and where you ended up. Well, that whole arc. It's yeah, that's weird. That, and I think the uh, the bump in that road is the being a mayor because everything else tracks except for like. Oh, by the way, he was the mayor of a major American industrial city. Yeah, uh, and then he went on to become known for people screaming his name, Jerry. Right, Jerry. I was. Oh yeah, I was into it. Nowadays, TV personalities go into politics afterwards. He did it the other way around. <laughs> It just seemed like a weird sort of thing, like like a detour. Because he certainly didn't follow a political career. No, he don't know. That's for sure. He made too much money from doing Fuck. doing his show. Are you kidding Could me? You imagine how long was that show on? Nineteen from uh, nineteen ninety one to twenty eighteen. Oh Jesus. That's a long freaking time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost 20 years of talking about Good Free Short, right? Good for him. And of course, that inspired the great show Jerry Springer the Opera, well, well, which yeah. I had the pleasure of seeing with Harvey Keitel in the lead. You saw that? Yes, I did. I have that. And soundtrack. we saw the, and the protesters who were outside protesting yeah, yeah, the show. Yeah, yeah. Which you can only hope. It for. was just, it was, I mean, couldn't believe it. Oh, my God. And what a funny show that is. Oh, my God. If you oh, ever get yeah. a chance to listen to it or watch it on YouTube, I've only ever listened to the soundtrack, and it's, you know, whoever wrote it was. It's brilliant. They got Jerry dead on. Yeah. It really is. It's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Jerry Springer, man. It's Jerry Springer, we say. Rest in peace, Jerry Springer. Thanks for the entertainment. New sound cue. Yeah, because I'm not too long. And, uh, I can always shorten it yeah, if you yeah, want. Yeah. That first, da, 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 that's pretty much all you need. But we have another decedent who died on May 1st of this week. He was born in Ontario, November 17th, 1938, the son of dry cleaners. He was born what? In Ontario. Ontario. That's in Canada. I understand. I've normally heard it pronounced Ontario. That's what I said, Ontario. But you know, it's not the same thing. If you can't hear it, we're not going to do a fucking My Fair Lady bit here about the pronunciation. Okay? Boreen in yes. Spain! Yes. Okay, you took a very, like, long A sound. And I said I, Ontario. Yes, you did. So how is that any different from you? From Ontario? No, you say more like on New York or Ontario. Okay. You okay. twist that A sound. 
I give the A the flat sound that it deserves. Exactly. Ontario. Exactly. And I think it's yet another illustration of the difference between your mind and mine. <laughs> or what's left of you. Well, it's, I don't know. But anyway, yes, he was born in Ontario. Ontario. The son of dry cleaners. Dry cleaners. He moved to L.A. in 1958 for a while and became influenced by the folk music of Pete Seeger and the Weavers. You know what? i got to be I'm ashamed that I had no idea who this person was. Oh, the person who died? Yeah. I have no idea who he was, and I'm ashamed. Well, I'll tell you some more. He released his first two singles in 1962, produced by Chet Atkins, and he released his first album in 1966. He recorded a total of 21 albums, the last one in 2020. His first U.S. hit was 1970s, If You Could Read My Mind. He's got... He's sold got, over a million copies. He's got, like, a <clears throat> particular name. Yes, he does. Yeah. It's a name you don't forget that easily. Yeah. Okay. You know what? <laughs> Go for the low-hanging fruit. There. His name is Gordon Lightfoot. Yeah. I don't know who the fuck he is. Well, his other hit songs were uh, 1974's Sundown, which became his only number one hit in the United States. He wrote them? He sang them? He what? Both. Both. Okay. And he also uh, wrote and performed 1976's The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Wolfgang Rednut? What's his Gordon name? Gordon Lightfoot. Gordon Lightfoot. Perhaps you'd like to hear some of his music. You might even recognize it. Backstairs. <laughs> uh, familiar. The melody is familiar. Some of the lyrics are familiar. The singer. No, I would never have listened that far into that song. Ah. Once I heard that first couple of measures, the twangy. It's a great song. Yeah, I, that's. Ah, I'm just telling An you. An interesting story about that song. I'm sure there is. It was inspired by his then-girlfriend at the time named Kathy Smith. And he's talking about his backstairs. Yes. She wanted Well, to... he, he they had a very volatile relationship. It got physically violent at times. He uh. said he was very jealous because she was sort of a rock groupie at the time. She had been with members of the band called The Band, and... She had made her way around, and she became his girlfriend for a while. But now he this is was who, very Wolf, jealous. Wolfus Wolfus Rain Rainwhite Gordon Lightfoot. Gordon Lightfoot. I don't know him. I don't. So know eventually they broke up, but Kathy Smith later became famous as the person who injected the lethal speedball into John Belushi. And you know what? If you're looking for a way to be famous. That's 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 the way to go. I got to, you know, uh, yeah, so is being the son of Sam, but that's the way to go. Okay. Who's known in history as the woman who provided the eight ball that killed the greatest fucking comedian of his generation before he was 40. Yes. Before he was how old? How old? I don't he? know how old he was when he died. He was young. But anyway, Gordon Lightfoot died of natural causes in Toronto at the age of 84. Okay, sorry, sorry, I missed you, George. So, Gordon Lightfoot, we say rest in peace. Thank you for the music. Okay. 
at the end of the whole segment, after you've done all of your dead people, yes, then you play the. Oh, you actually think I should play and not you, for each one individually? No, and no, no, you don't no, think exactly. each one deserves that individual respect of that music? If you listen to me for a second. What I'm saying is, if you play it at the end, you can play it a little longer. Okay. Why can't I just play it as background? You can do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm sitting here listening to it saying, you know how that was sound? And so whatever. Do you want me to do that or not? Go fuck yourself. Because that's what the I was thinking, you know, of ways to produce it. Oh, thank you for your input. And I understand that it means nothing. I just want you to know that. But I, I'm going to make the observation anyway. Well, you know what? Thank you for that observation. Okay, because it's on record. It's very helpful. Well, I don't care if it's helpful. <laughs> well, then why make the observation? Because I had it. But obviously you thought it was worthy enough of contribution. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, by way of saying... Uh, yeah, this would sound better, this would play better. Than, yes, I, yes. Okay. Okay. We're going to move on to our next segment now. I don't even know what our last segment was. It's time for Today in History. Otherwise known as Patsy and the Coconuts. <laughs> and Today in History, this Broadway show opened with music by John Kander and Fred Ebb. I love them. With a book by Terrence McNally and directed by them. Harold Prince. Oh, my God. Opened on May 3rd, 1993. Who was in it? It starred Brent Carver, Anthony Crivello, and Cheeto Rivera. Oh, my heart just stopped. Here's some music from it. Oh, it's Kissing the Spider Woman? Kissing the Spider Woman. I saw her in this. Oh. Listen to oh, the guitar. Soon or later, you're certain to meet in the bedroom, the parlor, or even the street. I love this. There's right? no place on earth you're likely to miss. She does a great number that leads into a Spanish dance that I've used. It's good. It's good. Music. It's a great show. It won seven Tony Awards, including Best Musical, Best Book, Best Original Score, Best Two Costume Design, and Best Tony Awards for all three of the leads. Okay. In the show. Ironically, Frank Rich wrote a review of the show, writing that the musical does not meet all the high goals it borrows from Manuel Puig's novel. When it falls short, it pu pushes into pretentious overdrive and turns the serious business of police state torture into showbiz kitsch, every bit as vacuous as the B-movie cliches parodied in its celluloid fantasies. So what he's saying is you did a Broadway musical, you shouldn't have. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. Yet the production does succeed not only in giving Ms. Rivera a glittering spotlight, but also in using the elaborate machinery of a big Broadway musical to tell the story of an uncloseted, unhomogenized, unexceptional gay man who arrives at his own heroic definition of masculinity. God bless it. Right? I loved it. I never saw the original music. I saw the film uh, with William Hurt and Raul Julia, which was excellent. I saw this this woman. It was Cheetah. Cheetah Rivera. The and one only. she was the spider woman. Yeah, of course. Okay, so uh, uh, frequently to make the spider web, they, they put her in a spider web, and it was mm -hmm. part of the like technical wow factor. Of yeah. The and it was gel cell walls oh, wow. that she would climb into like a video projection or at the time probably like just gobos and whatever. Yeah. 
uh, of a spider web that came toward the audience. So she would climb up and be at the center of this web. Everything else blacked out, just cheetahed, elevated in the air oh, uh, in the spider web, and it was glorious. And I thought to myself, she has pins in her hips. That was that, that she still does what she does. Is, right? Uh, 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 just amazing. Oh, uh, it's amazing. That woman. Yeah. Jesus. Yes. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So she's... good show. Good anniversary good anniversary tree member today. I, I, I like thought. the music of that show too. Yeah, it is. It's very good music. Yeah. Candor and Abbott. Candor and Abbott. Can't go wrong. And also today on May third, two thousand six, this play opened on Broadway, written by Martin McDonough. It received five Tony nominations in two thousand six, including Best Play. Could it have been Inishmore? Indeed, is the Lieutenant of Inishmore, which I believe we both saw on Broadway. Yeah, I believe that's true. Truly one of the funniest things I've ever seen on Broadway. And so horrifying that at the second scene of the second act, people got up and walked out of the theater. Oh my God, yeah. The very minute the lights came up. Yeah, because that whole climactic scene at the end, yeah. It was disgusting and horrifying. Yeah, the stage is just covered in blood. And body parts, and most of us are laughing hysterically. And two of the <laughs> two of the characters sitting off to one side, hacking, dismembering yes. bodies as they bicker. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's an amazing. Yeah, it was an amazing thing. It's a. It's actually the way the play is written. The whole or the structure of it. It's a classic comedy with this totally macabre. Violent premise. Well, the premise is that he's he's he is uh, he's a, a leader of an IRA splinter group because he's too insane for the IRA. Exactly, and okay. he finds out his cat was supposedly killed. Right, so, so he goes home to find out who killed be, the cat. Between that moment that we know who he is with, with the, yeah, on Broadway, it was the guy hanging upside down about to Well, that's the scene. Home. Yeah, the scene opens with him torturing someone who's hanging upside down. Right, talking to his father. What, Dad? I'm at work. Yeah. Uh, and that's what... That, that show, it was my first, but it was the biggest, made me a fan of his. I think... That was my second McDonough show. Pillow Man was my first. I never saw Pillow Man. But that show... The power to do that. People got up and walked out. Yeah, I believe it. At the gruesomeness of that, of of that, and I know exactly where it was because in between each of the scenes there was this angry sort of Irish drum music. Yes, and it would go on for an appropriate amount of time, and then the lights would come up, yeah. and we'd be in the next scene. And every it happened, it happened, it happened. So you had Act One. And then Act 2 opened, and you had the drumming scenes for everybody shut up, they were about to start, and the lights come up and the scene happens. Yeah. And the lights go down, and the drumming goes on and on and on, and it becomes an unreasonable length of time yes. that these drums are going on before the lights come back up. And when the lights come back up, what you saw on the stage was absolute carnage blood was covering everything actually actually physically dripping off the end of the stage and limbs and there was a head down center that had stuck in its mouth pitting the head to the ground was a cross that's i think did the cross say we thomas i don't know it it was just this horrifying horrifying let's just say if you thought sweeney todd was too bloody this is not the show for you (laughs) and how many people died by the time that show ended? Because now the oh, he the, kills like four, or five, five people along the, the way. The thrust, the thrust of it is his anger about the death of this cat. Yeah, 
but then he's also being hunted down by members of the Splinter Group. Right. So he's got all, everybody's chasing each other, and it becomes this whole sort of uh, everybody dies, including him, except for the girl. The girl doesn't die. Nope, she lives. Um, but okay, another observation that I had was when my impression was that after she shoots him in the head, she's wearing the yellow dress. Oh, she's wearing a dress. She's yeah. wearing something pretty and fancy yeah. for the first time because it's him, and this is what he wants. So he, sh- the, the the last scene to me is she shoots him in the back of the head, and the blood the blood does what the blood would do, which was spit back onto her. Yeah. And that the lights went out, and she had enough time to to leave the stage to just wipe her face. Yeah. And, and when the lights came back up, you saw like a her shaped outline. Yes. Against the back wall and with, with blood. <laughs> Uh, you know what I mean? It was it was just it was bizarre. Yeah, and you laughed. It was it was a it was a very strange thing. <coughs> I loved it. I fucking love it. Yeah, me too. I think it's one of McDonough's best. It's awesome. It it's just awesome. Yeah, it really is. I like most of the rest. Of them. I, yeah, I yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a fan. And he's handsome. Yes, he is. He's a very handsome man. What's not to like? He's a, well, he's a, he, he's an Irish playwright. Yes. Very much. Yep. Although some Irish would. I don't, I don't know that he's so Irish. Though. No, well, he was born and I think mostly raised in uh, in England, in London. I think there was a time he was, he was raised in Ireland, but I don't know for how long. I don't think it was very. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think he left as a So child. I think a lot of Irish literati kind of resented he's considered an Irish playwright. Well, I'm sorry, but as an as an outsider, because he comes in yeah. as an outsider writing about these people and being of them. Well, I mean, he, I mean, where he grew up in Ireland or where he was raised in a part of Ireland for whatever t- amount of time was in one of the rural areas. Yeah. Which, which kind of makes it. sense, considering the settings of most of his plays. They're not they're not set in the cities of Ireland. No. No, they're all in rural areas. Those three little islands that stick off over there to the left, yeah, that's where these plays are being. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm a big fan. Yeah, me too. So, anyway, let's move on to our next segment. What day is it? Could you play It is what National Crumb Donut Day. No, it is not National Crumb Donut Day. It is National Day of the Lightning Bug. No. Okay. Uh, cake Day. <laughs> no, it is not Cake Day. All right, those are my three. Today is National Specially Abled Pets Day. Okay, another thing about dogs. Yep, exactly. It's a day to educate the public about caring for disabled pets, especially those that are looking for a home. Of course. Encourages animal lovers to consider choosing a disabled pet when they're looking to adopt a new pet. Yes, okay. But before you consider adopting a pet with special needs, you have to consider both the time and the energy and the financial needs that go along with caring for a specially able dog. You may need some uh, edibles. <laughs> for who? The dog for the or for dog. you? Or for you? For the dog. Fuck you, the dog. But yeah, I mean, specially able dogs, of course, they require more veterinary care. So you have to take that into consideration as well. And you make them. You have to make sure your home is adaptable to whatever their disability is, too. Just don't ignore these motherfuckers. Let them be a choice. 
Well, it's funny. Like whenever you see like pictures of these dogs, like women's, like that are like missing a limb. Oh, I never see those pictures. I never see those pictures, and I'll tell you why. Because as soon as I hear that voice singing that song, that's oh the commercials. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. I'm not talking about the commercials. I'm talking about when you look at like individual shots. Yeah, and, like, look, I, some dog missing its back legs and has like it's using some kind of like wheel apparatus. You were and on, they look so happy. Of course, they're you happy. Know? Because they're able to move around now and stuff again. Yeah. So, if you can, adopt a specially abled pet. Or go like a Facebook post or something. <laughs> Whatever the fuck you do. And today is also National Paranormal Day. Oh, Paranormal Day. Have you See, ever have you ever experienced a paranormal event? There was my 30s. Oh, tell us. <laughs> that, tell us. That was pretty paranormal. What, your 30s were paranormal <laughs> in themselves? <laughs> uh, yeah, I was so pet bomb. Uh, paranormal, yeah, not so much appeal. Um, every now and again, a raised eyebrow, like, what? Okay. It, it, it depends on the direction you're going in. Okay, what do you mean? Paranormal, I don't know what I mean. I'm aware of it, I'm familiar with some of it, I've never had a personal experience. I mean, do you like, do you... It fascinates me in books. Okay. Have you ever had any kind of, like, a ghostly encounter? Or experience no. anything like that? My 30s. Okay. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> no. No, never a hovering spirit at the end of the hallway or, you know, mom in the kitchen. Never. Okay. No, no tingling feeling, no no feeling that somebody was trying to get a message to me, no connection to anybody in this spirit. Nothing realm. on the Ouija board? Nothing on the Ouija board ever. I, I am as skeptical as a person that you can be by my nature okay. about this topic. It's not... Do you, believe, do, you believe in, do you believe in UFOs? Uh, yes. Okay. Okay. Have they landed, uh, as we understand, uh, yes, I absolutely agree uh, uh, with UFOs. I, I believe in UFOs. Okay. That's good. Well, while Stephen's here, have you ever experienced a paranormal event or phenomenon? He is a paranormal Yeah, my event. first apartment. This is what I'm saying. Really? You got to tell the story? What I never saw it. It's, I lived in a, an attic apartment, so the roof was like, you know, yeah. at an angle, and then you had the sidewalls. Well, we had cutouts, you know, with doors to go to the eaves. Okay. The house that was my storage and shit. And when I first moved into the house, I went to bed. Where was the house? East Rockaway. Go ahead. I went to bed and I woke up. All the doors to the eaves were open. All four of them. All of them were open, huh? So the next night I put stuff in front of it and I woke up to the sound of the shit moving. Okay. That's all it did. It, it liked to have those doors open. It liked to, and did you leave the doors open? Did you feel like pressure to? Were you Eventually, ever able to close the doors? <laughs> Okay. It wasn't every night that, that it happened. It was just every once in a while. And like, the maybe they just open. wanna. Okay, and you lived up in the eaves of this house. Up in the attic. In, in East Rockaway. Right, 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 right. It's not like some airflow maybe moving shit around no. or opening some doors. Or... No, okay. All right. Especially when it I. Sounds fascinating. Spooky! What about you, you smart ass? I've had what I thought were, like, ghostly events, but more than likely I was either asleep or drunk. <laughs> okay. Now, I like, one time I thought I woke up and that I could feel someone breathing next to my face, and there was no one there. I thought I was awake for it. I may have been asleep. I don't know. Where were you? This was when I lived in my apartment in Levittown. Is that where you woke up feeling that somebody was breathing on you? Yes. You woke up in that apartment? Yep. All right. Yeah. And you felt like something was breathing on you. Yeah, it felt like someone was like breathing right next to my face. You felt it. You didn't it was see that it. Trick that I felt it. Leave. I heard it. Okay. It was real. Yeah, that's, I, it was to me. Okay. But like I said, I, I, I thought I was awake. I may have been asleep. I don't know. I will tell you this. I have had some 
fucked up dreams. Okay. Okay. And I think I we all have. I, I continue to um, <laughs> have fucked up dreams. The kind where you do you, you wait what kind of like really I'm fucked up dream. that feel <laughs> absolutely real because if i think about it when i know i'm awake yeah i i have to remind my that was a dream no that was a dream yeah thank god that was a dream because they're so real oh i've had sensations like Fuck that me right i love it <laughs> i do i love it i think we're gonna move on to our next segment wherein we take a look into my briefs this poor woman <laughs> I wouldn't wish that on anybody. They have Netflix shows about that. And this is actually a follow-up from something we discussed in last week's episode, for which you were not here. All right. We had talked about last week how Supreme Court Chief Justice John Roberts had turned down an invitation to testify before the Senate Judiciary Committee about the court's ethics yes. guidelines. But he declined to testify because he thought it would... Uh, not be appropriate in maintaining the separation between the three branches of government. That's exactly right. And he's the Chief Justice of the United States Supreme Court? Yes. So he didn't go a fuck what you think. Well, anyway, it came out after that, which may explain why he chose not to testify. His wife, she works as a headhunter, basically. For, well, she worked for a headhunting firm, for law firms, for elite law firms. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Well, she earned over $10 million in commissions over eight years from law firms that had cases before the Supreme Court. And Roberts, in his disclosure form, instead of reporting these commissions separately from salary, listed it as part of her salary at the firm. Instead of listing the commissions separately and who she received them from. So she got a, lex a lesser tax rate because she she declared them on her income taxes as income instead well, of Well, we don't know about tax. income taxes, but all we know is as far as the federal disclosure forms that the Supreme Court justices are, are required to file for absolutely in no those, reason, apparently. Her husband, no, they're there for a very good reason. Which is to keep the, which is what? To do what? To help keep the justices honest. And how's it doing? Well, lately in the past year, not, not very so well. No fucking kidding. That's why we're talking about you this. You brought it up. Don't yell at me. I know, but you're making it sound like I'm defending it. No, I'm reporting it. Let me ask you a question. With a mouthful of donuts. Yes. What was the answer? You had a question. Yeah. What was your question? I don't know. About? I was going to nail you to the wall with something. We were discussing the Supreme Court, John Roberts, his wife, commissions. Anything ring a bell there? Yeah, I remember I don't remember. I heard the news about it. I don't like it. Oh, uh, no. I, I never mind. I don't remember. Jesus Christ. Never mind. You're so helpful. But I was right, and you were wrong. So, and I proved it. So that's what the issue was. So let's just say that that's what happened and move on. Okay. I love the patient side. It reminds me so much of fascism. Yeah. It's time for the week in fascism. And this week, of course, we go once again to the most fascist state in the Union, Florida. Florida! Because today, the Florida Senate pa passed bills. Let me see, what did they all do? One, extended the prohibition on curriculum about sexual orientation or gender identity through the 8th grade. But that's nothing because... Earlier, the Florida Board of Education had already extended that ban through the 12th grade. So that was really no big deal. So hold on a second. I gotta confess. Yes. I wouldn't jump on board about hating the Florida decision when they said don't uh, don't say gay to, to you know kindergarten to third grade. Right. Kindergarten to fifth grade. Right. That was okay. Why is that okay? I, it, 
to me, in my from to my values, you shouldn't be talking about really much of anything to these to these kids. They're learning their colors. They're learning, you know, very basic skills. Okay, and it's not an appropriate time. They're not curious about it. It's there. It's it's not. I will accept that. Well, let's put it this way: when this they is, brought this is it what's to twelfth grade, this is what's going on right now. I uh, that's what that's why we're talking about it. Let's say the class has a project. Uh, tell us about your parents, and one kid has two daddies. Yeah, well, he'll now be prohibited from talking about that. Yeah, is that fair? Of course, it's not fair. Thank it, you. It's fair the Thank issue. You. It's fair the issue here, or yeah. Is it just it's that? Cool. It, why should queer people not be discussed at all in any type of capacity? That's what we're talking about. The voters, and are... if we're talking about Eric has two daddies or Heather has two mommies, and you're not allowed to bring that up in your class, first of all, I fuck that. I have two things. I'm sorry, I stepped on your fuck that because I know you had that plotted. No, I didn't. I highly recommend and Tango makes three. Yeah. The, oh, the gay penguins. And oh, that book's been banned, so don't worry I, about that. I That's know. getting banned all over the place. I love that book. So exactly. you can't even tell students to read that. I highly recommend that book. But this is what voters have decided they want to put in to do. This is the people that they chose. This is the life that they're getting. Do they care? And if they don't care, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to say. I mean, and I know it because I'm basically socially aware of what's going on in the world. Uh, they vote. So just because it's in another state, you shouldn't care? No, that's not what I'm saying. That's I'm what saying, it sounds like. What I'm saying is that the people who vote, who have the con con who who control who controls them, right. uh, have, have clearly decided that this is the type of, of agenda that they as a community want to live under and with and for and about and whatever it is. So they have decided that as is their right. I'm saying it's disgusting. So I then, don't like it. So I think it's then back, if these, backwards. So thinking. then if these legislatures then say black people are now banned from using bathrooms used by white people. I knew it was going to be Are we going to say, well, that's what the voters voted for. Uh, this no, is, it doesn't work that way. This is what I'm saying. I knew it was either going to go to the blacks or the Jews. So thank you for... for Justice and fairness trump majoritarian rule. No. Can yeah, you, can, it does. Can, can you argue that in a legal manner? Yes. How? Because that's why you supposedly have the Supreme Court in the first place. The Supreme Court was designed to protect the rights of a minority who are being oppressed by the majority. Let me ask you And in this instance, that includes trans people. I, oh, I totally agree. And trans students. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's happening is a horrific thing. It's, you know what it is? It's, it's a, as a, as a species, we need to hate somebody. The group has decided we hate those people. It's disgusting. It's a horrible thing. It's, it's at the lizard brain, I think. It's just terrible. Well, these Florida bills they also included are uh, requiring separate men's and women's restrooms. I can't with the bill. With a unisex restroom optional, along with requirements that citizens only use the bathrooms aligned with the gender they were assigned at birth. We're talking about infrastructure because of people being what? They, they, they hate these other people, so we don't want to use the same bathrooms as them because that's where they attack. Well, that's pretty clear because the sponsor of the bill, this guy named, a woman named Erin Grawl, she said the, uh, that uh, the bill impacts even those trans people who have already fully transitioned through gender uh, surgery, gender affirmation surgery, that it would apply to them as well. They just got to pay. They said, well, the, the bill would leave it to the facility authorities to enforce the law, but individuals would be criminally liable if they're asked to leave and they refuse to leave. All right, so... so 
So, and it also makes it easier for people to object to books in school libraries and provides work protections for teachers who refuse to recognize students or co-workers with uh, their preferred pronouns. And who are people who are saying that this is going to happen? We want this to happen. Who are those people? This is the Florida State Legislature. And why are they the Florida State Legislature instead of other people? Because they was voted in. Yeah. I'm on this voter thing, okay? Yeah, but you're saying that because the majority of people decided that this is what the law should be, as demonstrated by their representatives, then that's what the law should be, and everyone else should just mind their own business. Uh, what I'm saying is that the people... That's what it sounds like you're saying. I think that's exactly what I'm saying, because I think that the people who participate... But you think it's okay for a state legislature to micromanage people's lives this way, well, as long as the majority of people support it. What I'm saying is that in, we we... So in that case, then, when a state bans abortion after six weeks, that's okay, because... The majority of the people supported via their elective representatives. Not, that makes it okay? No, it does not make it okay. But, but that, it makes that, it, that, that makes it the fact. That's the, that's the way we all agree to live. That this is the Constitution thing. Yes, that's, but that's the thing. It doesn't, me mess, it doesn't meet the constitutional standard of what is constitutional. Infringing on people's rights in such a personal way was not envisioned by the founding fathers. Okay, well, I, I'm always going to bring this back to the people have made these decisions. I, 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 I'm, just gonna, I'm not going to say what I really want to say. All right, all right. So calm down, have a cigarette, relax, have a, have a donut, because the ones on the end that I ate were really good. But just because you're saying, oh, the people voted for this, that doesn't make it right. I, I'm not too, see, all right. And that's why they're part of a, a United States of America, a federal republic, and, which the ultimate law is the U.S. Constitution. And, and, and if their state laws do not meet the standard of the U.S. Constitution, they should and have been thrown out. So so the, 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 the federal constitution trumps the state's Law like a federal constitution is the, is that the deal? Okay, there is no uh, what what protection is there in the federal constitution right now to protect women's right to choose? What there is none. And what what did there used to be? There wasn't uh, in under Supreme Court precedent. Okay, so now without the federal government making the law, the states can do whatever the fuck they want. That's the way this is. Yeah, but the started. problem is that's not what's happening now. Now you have Republicans pushing for a national ban. That's After right. all the decades of saying, let the states decide this, let the states decide this. And the minute the Supreme Court overruled uh, Roe v. Wade in the Dobbs case, now the Republicans are saying, oh, let's do a, let's do a national ban now. Well, Fucking course, hypocrites. That's the way it was when I said it was okay to do it from like kindergarten to third grade. But then they turned it into less than it seems like a year later uh, up to 12th grade. And I, that's that was the thing from before. I know. We went from that all the way to this. Uh, it's the same thing. And I still think you're wrong about exposing kindergartners to sexual orientation. It's not like these kids are being taught about sexual reproduction in kindergarten through third grade. They're not being taught any of that in the first place. But if a person can't say, oh, I have two gay parents, if they can't talk about that in the classroom for whatever reason, that is wrong. Okay. okay. Regardless of the law is or what the law isn't. That's wrong. Now let me let me be a pain in the ass here because I'm I, I've been trying to write jury charges, okay. And it doesn't matter what whether or not you think the law. What I'm saying is the judge is telling the jury. It doesn't matter what you think the law should be, ought to be, whether or not you agree with the law, whether or not you think the law. Okay, the law is the law. 
And that's what that's what you are to judge this by. Actually, there's a, a concept called jury negation, in which a jury can be encouraged to rule in a way that basically says the the law is wrong. Which is a psychology of jury of jury uh, what choosing, picking, observation. Is, is okay. So that's only an observation of what juries have done according to whatever the study is. Okay, I'm saying that the the fact is that people who decide who are the jurors, who are theoretically the voters. Uh, are told, you tell me what the facts are, and this is the law that you have to, to use to find those facts. It don't matter whether you like it. It don't matter whether it's right. It don't matter whether it's wrong. The jury has to decide based on what the law is in front of them as explained by the judge wow, at you this are, time. I didn't really realize you were so pro-establishment. My I, God. What I'm saying is these are, this is what we all agreed to. No, these no, you rules. don't have to obey unjust laws. Oh, all right. You all right. don't. You, you don't, don't have, to. have to obey unjust laws. All right, graffiti. That was the whole point of the civil rights movement, for God's sake. That's the whole point of fucking Stonewall. And what they did was they made the laws change. Right? That's what they did. They got the laws repealed. Whatever they did, they went back to the law. And they went back to the rules. And under the rules, you can't do this to me. You have no right to treat me like this because the rules say... And so that's what that is. But what I'm saying is the rules matter, and what you think about it doesn't. No, but what you're saying is majoritarian rule prevails overall. Okay. And that states' rights prevail overall. And I totally disagree with your interpretation. Of what that. I'm saying is that in lieu of a federal law addressing the issue, it is by nature a state's issue. It becomes a state issue if the federal government doesn't decide ahead of time, okay? They decided ahead of time with your fucking Roe versus Wade, okay? And it was what it was. And now, okay, they have decided to take away that federal protection. So now, just by nature of the law, it becomes a state issue. It should be. That's what it should be. A state's issue. But it's not now. It's now a national issue again. Well, it's because we don't shut up about it. Well, you can thank the Republicans for that because they're the ones proposing the national ban. Of course they are. We knew that was coming. It was not a surprise. It's that, you know, now they're making inches. The Supreme Court You said love this. to make excuses for their behavior. I don't think that's what I'm doing at that's all. That's what it sounds like. Oh, like we saw this coming. That doesn't make it right, though. Okay, so, so this is the, this is what, the, where, where, this is the conflict between you and me. I got there. I settled it. We don't have to do this no more. Is that you're talking about what is a judgmental right, a judgmental correction. You're, you're judging this thing as whether or not it's moral or good, or good or bad, and it shouldn't be that way. Even if the law says it should be that way, it shouldn't be that way. And so I'm going to blow this blood vessel on my forehead because it's not that way, and there's nothing I could do about it, okay? So that's the, that's the basic difference between you and me. I'm saying in order to change it, you got to vote the right guy in because those the people you vote in are the people who make those decisions. Okay. No matter what level you're at. And all politics, it's like theater. It's all local. Okay. That was kind of soapboxy of me. I was just trying to explain my point of view. Okay. Well, I have a question for you. I'm going to pose a hypothetical to you. I love these. Let's say there was a cable news program that existed back in, let's say, the mid to late 1920s. And it's got a branch over in Germany. And <laughs> Guy named Adolf Hitler has just got out of prison. You got the both in. You got the black guy in before, and now you get the Jews. No, no, no. Let me continue. Yeah, let me, let me continue with the, the hypothetical. 
And he's, he's a hypothetical. He just got out of prison for leading a revolt against the German government, which failed, known as the Beer Hole Puch. And he also wrote a book while he was in prison called Mein Kampf, which became a bestseller, obviously. I'm a, I'm a big bestseller, but it sold. And now the news program, and now this guy has declared he's going to run for office. Can I cut to the chase here? No. And... The station is now offering him a free hour where he'll receive questions from members of his political persuasion. You're like trying to be the scary guy. Like this is, uh, I understand. Would you think that was okay? No. For a new station to allow that. Uh, What you're talking about is the overthrow of a democratic government by a fascistic one. Yes. Okay. Uh, And to that, there is very little the people can do because their powers have been stripped from them by who? Who has, who is it that has taken away their power, the people's power? Who has it been? Stripping it away, making room for this thing to happen. For what thing to happen? The the fascists to move in. Okay. Okay? So the fascists have, they they wore it down, they did what they had to do, they stacked the courts, they got the legislature, they got the whole thing, and now we're going to do this thing with this guy. Okay. All right. The very little the people can do about that right away. Okay. And sometimes they need help. And that's true. I see that as a thing that happens. What I'm saying is that where there is law and where they, we follow that written law and we all agree as a society to follow okay, that I'm, written I'm law. I'm totally lost on your tangent. We were talking about Hitler and having an own hour on a news program to himself. And what you were trying and was to that, do. Was, do you think that's morally acceptable? Uh, well, yeah, you were trying to back me up by making a judgment call. Well, I'm just giving you a hypothetical. No, you're not. I you told you was give you a hypothetical. Yeah, I know what you told That's all me. I did. I told you I loved you. Just now I'm going to tell you an times? actual story. Tell me an actual In story. In which CNN has offered Donald Trump a our town hall meeting in which he'll receive questions from Republican voters and Undeclared voters who plan to vote in the Republican primary in New Hampshire. Okay. Going to have a moderator, but they're going to vet the questions, but they're not going to write the questions. It'll be all from the people in the audience. And just going to give this free hour to Donald Trump. Okay. What about it? I can't see any responsible news program giving airtime to to someone who instigated and led an attempted overthrow of our government. Okay. I say, let him talk. Why? We know what he's going to say. Doesn't matter. Why? Let him talk. Why? Because he has a right to talk. So we should let every person who institutes a revolt against us have the uh, use of our airwaves? Well, you would hope not, but the people elected people to say that that was okay. Here you go with that bullshit argument. It's the elected people who allow this. That's bullshit, okay? That's just the bullshit argument you're laying back on now with everything. What I'm saying is that that's where the power is. That's why... They have nothing to do with this. This is about a private corporation. Which is what? Which was... No, one of these... It's supposedly a woke corporation. Which corporation? That's allowing the, the the guys who own CNN. Okay. And they're allowing this fucking fascist... Who instituted a revel a revolt against our government and they're giving him an hour's free airtime. See now here's what's interesting. I'm interested. And their excuse is, oh well, he's running for president. Well, I don't care if he's running for dog catcher. It's a good point though. He's 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 an important cultural figure at the time. He's a fucking traitor. Uh, he's a fucking traitor. Okay. He should not be on any responsible news program. Can I give you advice for your blood pressure? My blood pressure is fine, no, thank you. Okay, all right, whatever, bitch, because 
I'm just saying you get all worked up over things you have no control over. So? So? So I'm not allowed to get angry about them? Yeah. I'm only allowed to get angry about things I can control? No, okay. You, you yell a lot is what I'm saying. I'm not yelling. I'm being loud. Uh, okay, give me a second with that one because I may be able to make that one make sense. I'm not yelling. I'm being loud. Yes. Okay. I. All right. Okay. It's a new idea. It may take a you know while to fully... Incorporate. Have some more wine. It'll help. It always does. <laughs> it's interesting. I'm yelling. I'm not. What is it? I'm being loud. I'm not yelling. <laughs> I said I'm not yelling. I'm being I'm loud. I'm not yelling. I'm being loud. It's a very Irish thing. Probably also a very Jewish thing. Probably also a very Spanish thing. It's a universal thing. Probably not Swedish. <sighs> now move on to our next segment. Thank God. And what did you watch this week? I have a lot to say because it's been a couple of weeks. Uh-oh. And I've seen a couple of things. So what did you see? Okay. I saw Beef. Oh, on Netflix. I did. How was that? I loved it. Yeah? Weird as fuck. It was just... Well, I know the premise of it. These people have an incident in their cars. It's a road And they start incident. taking revenge on each other. And it just keeps building and building. Yeah. Yeah. And it becomes operatic. Like, it's this epic... It's... it's. Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed okay. it a lot. It was fun. It was nice. It was there. It was fun. Oh, cool. Uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. Yes. They, they had their finale. Uh, did they? And they crowned their queen. And were you happy with the results? I was absolutely happy with the result. It was Colby, Colby, Colby. 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 I'm going with Colby. It's, it's two words. Alexis Colby? No. <laughs> No, 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 no. Colby, she is known as everybody, every drag queen's favorite drag queen. Okay. She's like the top of the game out in the real world. Ah, okay. Okay. Um, and she won, and she fucking deserved to win. Cool. And she kind of just, everybody in the room was like, everybody, you never saw so many open asses drop so fast, <laughs> tighten up and drop so fast. <laughs> Uh, when they realized that Colby, Sasha Colby, Sasha Colby, Sasha, Sasha Colby. Colby. Okay. Okay. Fantastic. Uh, there was beef. I watched beef. Okay. okay that was the thing with the, the, the traffic. In it. Okay. I'm catching up on my Mrs. Mabel season five. This is Mazel. Mrs. Mazel. Mrs. Mazel. Marvelous Mrs. Yes, Mabel. We're all caught five. up on that. Okay. I am not yet. I'm only three or four episodes in. So keep your fucking face. I'm not shut. saying I'm out worried about um, it. I ain't saying nothing. I understand it's, things happen. People go to jail. Marriages <laughs> happen. And I'm thinking, oh my God. I just love the like, costumes in that show. Oh my God. I'd love to work in that wardrobe it, department. It's, it's unbelievable. The pr- production is amazing. It is. Oh yeah. It really is. It really is beautiful. Yeah, the hats, everything about it is fantastic. Yeah. It, it just really is. Uh, so I'm catching up on my Mrs. Mabel. Don't say anything. Shush. Okay. Okay. Jury duty. It's a show? It's a social phenomenon. <laughs> okay. Jury duty. What is this on? I don't know. Okay. It <laughs> oh, is, my God. It is a case. Okay. Okay. A, okay, a criminal case, a civil, whatever it is. It's a case in front of a judge and a jury. Okay. Okay. Everybody in it is an actor. Okay. Except one guy. And he's on the jury. Okay. And he gets picked for jury duty. Which So everything everything is like improved out in front of him. They, yeah. And it is <laughs> amazing. Jury duty. It's oh called jury God. duty. It's amazing. It's so funny. But it's like, there's no kind of laugh track, of course. It's just, it's just like docu-style. Yeah. And it's just pretty much improv actors going day to day. Oh, my God. And uh, it's so far I'm enjoying it. I'll have to look for that. 
Jury duty. Jury duty. It's very funny. Okay. So let's see. I talked about I talked about fucking RuPaul. I talked about uh, beef, which I highly recommend. Uh, Mrs. Maisel. I talked about. Uh, what was the other one? That was it. That was it. That was it. That was plenty. That was plenty. That went by fast. Yeah. I, I was going to finally participate in this section. I'm sorry. Uh, we uh, have more. We have more segments yet, so uh, don't worry. I don't give a fuck. What What did you watch? We watched. We watched a series. I think it was like eight or ten episodes called The Diplomat. New series. Kerry Russell that. stars in it. It's pretty good. It's about this woman. She becomes the ambassador to the United Kingdom. Her husband is a former ambassador, and their marriage is on the rocks. Okay. And this international incident occurs involving Iran and the United Kingdom. There's great musical possibilities here. <laughs> I don't know about that. It sounds like a musical. Keep the show actually it reminds me of The West Wing. Okay. Because of some of the banter that goes back and forth uh, who between wrote the character. I don't know who the writer. That was all about show. that guy. What's his name? Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. This is not Aaron Sorkin. Okay. Yeah, it's not quite like that. Okay. But it's a good, it was a good entertaining show. Ends on a kind of cliffhanger. So, you know, it's coming back. At least right. I hope it's coming back. What else? We watched a couple of crappy movies, but then last night you watched, uh, did you ever see the movie The Thing with Kurt Russell? No. No? Where it takes place at an Arctic station? I'm going with no. Okay, and there's this alien creature there, and it starts killing them one by one. And you can stop sounding like Well, we watched this movie. It was made in 2011 called The Thing. It was supposed to be a prequel to that movie. Okay. It was generally good. It actually, the ending of that movie, because I'm watching this, I'm like, well, how is this a prequel? All right, yeah, because they discovered the spaceship and stuff. But I thought the creature gets killed, and then you see the creature escapes at the end. So, and it built, and that leads into the 1982 movie then. The only thing I didn't like about the movie is a, the lead character is this woman, I forget the, the actress's name, and she's basically what I would call a Mary Sue character. Everything she does is right. She's the smartest one in the bunch. She's okay. the one who lives at the end. And that was kind of annoying. When was it made? 2011 was made. Why did you want to see her die so bad? I didn't want to see it, but it's like nothing her character did was ever the wrong thing. Everything she did was the right thing. She always had the right answer to everything. Everybody hates a smarty pants. Yeah. Okay. It's fun it's, to it was kind of annoying. Yeah. But otherwise, it was an entertaining, you know, the effects with the creature and everything are always entertaining to look at and stuff. Of course, so, that's what they do. It was yeah. not a bad way to spend an hour and 40 minutes, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I spend that much time chasing Karen videos. <laughs> We now move on to our next segment. God, Karen, you are so stupid. Yes, it's time for Stupid People. I'm tired. Oh, no. Well, hang in. We're getting near the end. Go ahead, Stupid People. First stupid person, Florida State Representative Jeff Holcomb. Okay. Seems the Florida State Legislature was uh, was debating this resolution concerning uh, urging Congress to restore the military's warfighting ethos and get rid of Woke social engineering and experimentation practices. Okay. So this guy, during the debate, says, ISIS, the Taliban, and Al-Qaeda, those are the folks who discriminate. We bombed the building in 2017 like we never usually do. We bombed it because they threw homosexuals off that building. Our terrorist enemies hate homosexuals more than we do. (laughs) Yes, he said the quiet part out loud. How many levels of hate are there? God only knows. Because they hate us more than they do. Yeah. So what le- like what levels are there? Are uh, there- I don't know. I don't know if there's, if there's like seven degrees of hate. I'm saying, is it like, it's interesting to think about that. Like, how, like 
Is it like a low, medium, hot? Yeah. Or is it like a seven degrees, like you said? Or is there 12? They hate us a little bit less than little less. ISIS and the Taliban and Al-Qaeda. We're not throwing you bitches off buildings. Exactly. We okay. should be thankful for that. that. Right, that's exactly right. <laughs> you want credit for that? Uh, yes, we expect to see it in our pay. Yeah, so needless to say, that didn't go over too well. I'm sure it didn't. <laughs> so, to Representative Jeff Holcomb... We say... Stupid! You're so stupid! <laughs> it's always much more intimidating when there's like a fuck-up pause between that. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, should, that should come right on you. And then next on our stupid people list... I promised you I wasn't going to give like live on-air suggestions about things, and I just did it again. I know, and you did it again. I don't think that promise is going to hold up. Uh, obviously not. Well, we'll see. It's only day one. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it's day like 140-something, isn't it? Or 20? Well, day 123. 123. It should be warmer. I know. That was my gripe, actually. It, sh- it should be warmer. <laughs> but anyway, back to stupid people for a second. The next people on our list are a duo because one commented on the other's comment a duo of stupid and they're rock and roll musicians okay we don't expect them to be stupid at all we well i don't know about that what did they do well, the first one is Paul Stanley of the group Kiss. Okay. You remember Kiss, they right? They had the black and white makeup. Yep, they had all the makeup and okay. the costumes and all that. Yeah, the guitar music didn't interest me. Well, on Sunday on Twitter, he decided to post a little treatise. He wrote, There is a big difference between teaching acceptance and normalizing and even encouraging participation in a lifestyle that confuses young children to questioning their sexual identification as though some sort of game, and then parents in some case allow it. There are individuals who, as adults, may decide reassignment is their needed choice, but turning this into a game or parents normalizing it as some sort of natural alternative, or believing that because a little boy likes to play dress-up in his sister's clothes, or a girl and her brother's, we should lead them steps further down a path that's far from the innocence of what they are doing. With many children who have no real sense of sexuality or sexual experiences caught up in the quote-unquote fun of using pronouns and saying what they identify as, some adults mistakenly confuse teaching acceptance with normalizing and encouraging a situation that has been a struggle for those truly affected and have turned it into a sad and dangerous fad. Okay. There's a lot there. Uh, if I'm going backwards, I, I think it's the whole thing about mo- making a mockery of it. Making it the, last, the very last point. What read, about him calling it a fad? You read the last sentence. Uh, the last sentence is a long one. I know. With many children who have no real sense of sexuality or sexual experiences caught up in the fun of using pronouns and saying what they identify as... Some adults mistakenly confuse teaching acceptance with normalizing and encouraging a situation that has been a struggle for those truly affected and have turned it into a sad and dangerous fad. So this is talking about those specific people? He's saying that these young people are being conditioned into believing that they're transgender. And that parents, once they see any kind of signs of that, are encouraging that. Yeah, right, right, right. And all I can say to this is, you don't know shit about transgender people or parenting. And this guy's a fucking parent, too. All right, well, well he's a right. He's a, he wore black and white makeup. He said, well, who the fuck cares? Who the fuck cares? Well, he cared enough to write a whole fucking thing on Twitter about it. And it's like, you don't know anything about transgender people, about the amount of therapy transgender people go through before they even consider going through transitioning. He don't care. He doesn't understand. He it's doesn't the ignorance. It's just the ignorance that you see on the common level 
Now you're seeing it on his fucking level. But then, of course, to add to it, D. Snyder, Twisted Sister, he does a, a like on the tweet and he writes a response. You know what? There was a time where I felt pretty too. Glad my parents didn't jump to any rash conclusions. Well said. It's like, wow, you're even a bigger dick than I thought. They're talking specifically to those parents who forced their kids into going through this or into this procedure. But what parents are forcing their kids to do that? Doesn't matter. There, there's, there's no examples. Give me one example of some parent forcing a child to transition. I've heard stories. It happens. People where where have you heard it. stories? People are doing it. Yeah, I, people tell me that people are doing it. Who? Where? Doesn't matter. I can vote. Shut the fuck up. You're I have dick. the power. You're a dick. You're just a dick. I led you right into that. You're just a dick. Counselor. That's, that's all there is to it. You're just a fucking dick. <laughs> Solve the country's problem. And what do I get called? On the air, live in front of people, my family. Your family calls you worse. I'm sure. <laughs> Julie Andrews, take us the fuck out of here. Come on, Julie. Is she going to do it again? Whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles, and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages oh. tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. <laughs> Yes, it's time again for five faves. And today, being in honor of Paranormal Day, Paranormal. we were asked to name our five favorite paranormal events or phenomenon. This is, see, that's that's very broad. I know. Well, stop me here, because I want to get a sense of where okay, you Okay, my, my first one on this list, is no particular order, oh, is... No, the prophecies of Nostradamus. Okay. How he supposedly predi predicted the rise of Napoleon, the rise of Hitler. Okay. I always found that very fascinating, his predictions. I have to tell you that I have, I too have gotten caught up in, in Nostradamus and those things. I got caught up with um, uh, John Edward. Oh, he was, a, he was a phony. Of course he was. He was a phony. Um, the Long Island Medium? Phony. Uh, what I'm saying is that uh, those are the, that's my experience. That's my exposure to this topic. Okay. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, I have no personal experience. I have no favorite. I could think of a movie image. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, but it, that's not... I but don't want to like, any particular legends or subjects uh, that you okay. find a particular interest. See, okay. Well, that's not paranormal. Oh, okay. Oh. Talking about paranormal. Okay. Does religion count? Mm, well, what do you mean? Well, I mean... Religion as a topic, as a as a. I wouldn't consider that part of the paranormal per se. That's not normally considered paranormal, unless you're going to talk about visions of Mary, like um, well, any of it—the walking on the water, the bread to wine, the the whole thing. I mean, what I'm saying is that uh, it's kind of a. Let's try to keep it in the realm of like UFOs, UFOs, UFOs. Okay, witches, ghosts, that type of esoteric things we believe in, or things that just like. Hey, well, but your that your favorites are your interested in you know those kind of things okay so that's why i named the prophecies of nostradamus yeah 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 i like that yes me too that's a good one yes that's why i picked it yeah of course because why would you pick less than the best so uh, what's on what's on your list uh, okay i'm assembling a list right now i'm uh the bermuda triangle ah that's a good one the fuck was that right we don't hear about it anymore. No, no more, no, you really don't that? hear about it anymore. But yeah, it was like a big thing, like in the seventies and eighties. Yeah, it was right. Yeah, you never hear anything about that anymore. Yeah, the Bermuda Triangle. We should look that up. No, we should. What the fuck? Nobody's mentioned it. The fuck do I care? See if anyone else has disappeared in it lately. Oh, well, that might be interesting. Right? Yeah, probably not. Probably not. No. I got, <laughs> no. 
I'm busy. Next on my list are, I have UFOs, but ones caught on film or in video. Okay, Strange Things in the Sky. Yes. Those, I... Those, I mean, people, they tell me of sightings, but there's no photographic proof or anything right, like right, that. Right, right, it's right. like, eh. But when there's actual photographic proof or video proof, that I think is fucking amazing. Okay. That's like, how do you explain that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's either secret military stuff that we don't know about, secret military stuff from another country, or it's from someplace else. Woo! Tell me what that is. Yeah, I, I think the, the whole... Like, I'm going to jump in as my number two and say the whole idea of evidence of that stuff. Okay. You know, that's that's sort of a like a uh, a lore. Yeah, oh, definitely. The, like uh, Area 51. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that, that kind of shit. Only because it's so, uh, it's so easy to prove false. But, but I saw like one video, I forget over what city it was, and they showed these objects over hovering over the city. You can find I, it on YouTube. It's hard for me to say that something like that isn't what, exactly what you're leading to. That sort of foreign visitation. Yeah. It, uh, I think it's impossible to leave that to, to believe that we live alone in a universe as big as we can comprehend. There's even UFOs in the Bible, for God's sake. Uh, Ezekiel so, sees one. Definitely, I think, some flybys, <laughs> maybe. That's not too unreasonable to to uh, believe, I think. Right. Uh, does that make me a conspiracy theorist? I, I, I don't know. No. But I think it's impossible to think that it's not possible. Yeah, I think there's a, there has to be a possibility. Mathematically, it just has to we be. We can't be so self-centered as to not think that there's we life are the only on other ones. planets exactly. somewhere out there. Exactly. You know? I read somewhere where civilizations exist and they climb up from the scum and they create radio and very soon thereafter they destroy themselves. That's, I forget who said that. That was recent, too. They said... If there were other civilizations out there, they've already destroyed themselves. Right. <laughs> and and the observation is that once they discover radio and that mass communication possibility or, and what comes from it, that's where the decline is. They'll take millions of years to get to radio. Yeah. And in 100,000 years, they'll fucking kill themselves. Whatever, I don't know. What the fuck do I mean? It's a theory. It's a theory. I it's like a that. Theory. I like that. Can that be my number two? Well, you already, what were your number ones now? I don't remember. Well, number one was, uh, it was something good. Oh, the, the Bermuda Triangle. Ah, yes, the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. the UFO evidence. The UFO evidence. It's like, could you... So that was your number two. Okay. And well, my number two, well, I had Nostradamus and the UFO films and videos. Right, right, right. This is all for your records, right? Yes. So we're going back over this. When I do the bonus material later. Okay. Okay. Oh, so what's your number three? Uh, wait, you went first. Oh, I went first? I just went. My number three would have to be Bigfoot. Okay. Ever since I was a kid, I saw this movie called The Legend of Boggy Creek. And supposedly about this Bigfoot creature that was walking around through the bayous and the creeks down south, I guess like in Arkansas or whatever. And the whole idea, because you hear of these reports of Bigfoots through various cultures and countries. We have to countries. stop for a second and, yes. and discuss whether it's Bigfoots or Big feet. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can just call them Sasquatches. Sasquatches. And that'll yes. take care of the problem. But yeah, I've always been fascinated by the legend of Bigfoot. Okay. And whether that's real or not. I'm sure it's not, but like I said, there are just too many reports all over the world of some creature like that. Okay. 
And related to that, which is very funny, when I was doing research on this, I came across an item about the Minnesota Iceman. And this is exhibit that went around, supposedly of the missing link between Homo sapien and Neanderthal. And he was an ice. And of course, the ice is all cloud and everything. And it went on tour around the country in the 70s and 80s, later proven to be a hoax. I remember seeing that in, like, the Walt Whitman Mall sometime in, like, the early 70s. That very relic. That that thing, the Minnesota Iceman. In the mall. I Yeah, I remember seeing it, and I didn't know what it was called or anything until I started doing research on Bigfoot. Okay. And then I found this, like, that's what I saw. Did you have to pay to see it, or was it just, like, in the middle of the no, mall? No, it was just, like, in the middle of the mall. It was just, like, an exhibit or whatever. And what was it? The, it was supposedly a... Missing link between Homo sapien and Neanderthal right, right, right. frozen in this ice block. And here it is, the very proof. The and very yeah, ice block and that we turned out to be a hoax. <laughs> is here at the Walt Whitman Mall. Yep. Free for all to see. Yeah. <laughs> Just come to the Walt Whitman Mall. Right? And there it is, you'll see it. You exactly. <laughs> Get right back in your car if you want. <laughs> you have to spend a dime. You see this relic here. Just. That explains humanity. What's number three on your list? I would say Jesus. Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's I think that's like it has all of the elements you need to be supernatural. Okay. Um, was he a magician? No, but he has important cultural significance. He wasn't a magician until you figure, how did he walk on water? How did he turn bread to wine? How uh, did he feed a, a crowd of 40,000 with, what, six fish or loaves? Exactly. So so he was a magician over and over and over again. He certainly has the cultural relevance. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand firm on this one. You're going to go with Jesus. I think it has the elements required <laughs> by the topic. Okay. Okay, is paranormal, <laughs> my favorite paranormal, and I have to say respect because, damn, that's okay. a hell of a run he's had so far. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Jesus. Go ahead. I'm thinking. My number four is actually an anecdote. An anecdote? Yes, from my late ex-boyfriend, Philip Panaccio. Okay. This was back in, what, 19... 19- early 1990s. Okay. And at the time, Philip worked with the People with AIDS Coalition, which was based over here in Farmingdale. Okay. And a site. And he told me the story afterwards. One afternoon, he and another member went out into the parking lot to go smoke a joint. Okay. And while they were out there, they both saw this object materialize for a few seconds and then just disappeared. Okay. And they didn't know what it was, and they ran back inside, and they were separated by the people inside, and they were both asked to draw or give a description of what the object looked like. And they drew the same thing. And they got the same exact thing. Ain't that some shit? How do you explain it? How do you explain something like that? I mean, yeah, they were smoking a joint, but it doesn't cause hallucinations like that. No, no, and it don't kill dogs. And it don't kill dogs that we know of. Um, but yeah, I always thought that was very an interesting anecdote. Okay. So what's your number four? I don't remember. <laughs> what was it? What? Oh, witches. Yeah, witches, but not witches. Like, they never did anything supernatural or crazy. It was the supernatural crazy reaction that other people had of them. Okay. No, that doesn't really fit in the supernatural thing at all, does it? Well, no. it depends. Are you talking about, you know, witches of legend or like the Wiccans? 
Christmas? No, because there's nothing mystical or about it. There's nothing... What, what's the topic? Your favorite paranormal, paranormal event or there's phenomenon. There's nothing paranormal about, about Wiccans, necessarily. It's all Earth-based. It's well, all. Yeah, but it's all... But they they use, supposedly, magic. Uh, tarot cards. Tarot cards? Well, yeah, people who read the future, that tarot cards thing. Oh, you like tarot cards? No. No? No, but it popped up. And it, fit the, it was paranormal, so I'm going to go with tarot You're cards. You're going with tarot cards. I'm going with tarot cards. People believe it. Uh, I have an Aleister Crowley deck here. I have only used it once, and I won't use it again. Why not? Why not? Because it's very... I, I had a very bad reading with it once, so I never used it again. Uh, so, all right. So, okay. You believe in tarot cards. I believe in the possibility of what they show, yes. And enough to alter your existence. Enough that I don't use that deck at all. Right, because you got bad news. It, it was, yeah, it was not, it was, it was a very dark reading. Okay, so you won't use that thing anymore. Nope. Nope. So you believe in it enough. I believe in the possibility of it. Well, uh, you're trying to cut a hair that doesn't exist, even <laughs> the possibility of it. I'm saying that this is a real fear for you, enough to change your behavior that you won't use that thing. Or influence your behavior that you'll never use again. And it's possible. Bitch, please. <laughs> the fucking deck scares you and you don't got... Uh, fuck you. <laughs> but it's what the people want. That's what they voted for. Uh, prove me wrong. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. <coughs> or are we going to go with what tingles your taint and makes you fucking think it that Yeah. Okay, <laughs> prove me wrong. I go on now to my fifth and final choice for a favorite paranormal event or phenomenon. Of paranormal. Okay. Mount Misery Road, right here on Long Island in oh, Huntington. Okay, what's Are you that? familiar with that at all? Uh, no, can't you have to tell how it's my the, voice It's is? basically the area of Mount Misery Road and, and Sweet Hollow Road. Okay. And stories about this area have gone back for like a couple of centuries now. And since where I the guess there were settlers here. Well, uh, in the area at one point, there was an asylum built in that area and it burnt down. Okay, what was it called? I don't know. Okay. And legend has it that some woman who was an inmate there burned it down. Okay. And that her ghost can be seen on the grounds. That if you go in the area of where the asylum supposedly was, you can still hear the shrieks of the patients and okay. everything. And where was this? This is in this area called of Mount Misery Road and Sweet Hollow Road. It's over in Huntington. Mount Misery Road. Yep. And Sweet Hollow Road. Yep. And other stories that are associated with it are about uh, supposedly teenagers hung themselves from the overpass there. And that their ghost can be seen there sometimes, depending on the lighting and everything. Okay. Can you situate this road for me? It's a it's a curvy road. It's not like a straight road that goes is it like straight. In the is it in the middle of the desert or is there water on one Oh, side? no. It's in a residential area. It's not as developed in that area. How's, how close to the water is it? It's not close to the water. At really. all. Okay. No. All right. Go ahead. You can actually get there maybe like maybe 10, 15 minutes from here. You see where I'm going with this. I'm talking about mists coming in off the No, scene. no, no. It's nothing like that. Okay. Uh, no, nope. but it's like it's had a long history of supposedly of ghostly sightings in this area. Horse country. Is it horse country? I don't know if it was at one point. Big plots of land. We used to go when we were back in the seventies, we used to go up there to party and stuff because it was all undeveloped area right, where right, they were starting right. to develop it. And so we used to go up there and party and stuff. Gorgeous. Right? Out of the way. Yep. Wooded, hilly. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. But yeah, that was just, that's the story of Mount Misery Road. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So that's it for our five faves. Thank God. Wait, did you give us our fifth one? Uh, you fuck no, you me. didn't. You, you didn't give me a fifth one. Oh, 
Yeah, you didn't give us a fifth one. I'm going to go with... It's a toss-up between the Headless Horseman or... Let's just go with the Headless Horseman. I'm not sure it's a real legend. The legend. I'm not sure if that's just a story that was written by Washington Irvington or Washington Irving or... So the that's legend, an actual le- I don't know if it's an actual legend or not. I, the legend of Sleepy Hollow. Yes. It's not actual. I don't know. I don't know. Because it's a work of fiction. Right. But I don't know if it's based on a legend or anything. I, that I don't know. Oh, I don't either. So it's not like I could say. Oh, okay. So that's what you're going to go with. No, but that's interesting because was it like a legend that... that Let's find out. Let's go to the Wayback Machine. The Legend of Sleepy Hollow is way back. Was it based on a real thing? I don't know. That's what we're going to find out in a second. Good, because it's stalling enough to give me time in case you veto it. Here we go. The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. The Legend of Sleepy Hollow by The short story Payne. by Washington Irving. Washington Irving. It's among the earliest examples of American fiction. So he made it up. Yeah, he made it up. People couldn't believe Rogers and Hammerstein wrote Edelweiss. <laughs> no, no, they thought it was... Oh, they thought it was an actual... An actual... Right, right, right. It's, it is a great song. It sounds of the genre, you know? Absolutely. It's, it's absolutely perfect. Right? But yeah, so you know, you can't use The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. I think they said the same thing about Kendra and Ed with Tomorrow Belongs, Tomorrow belongs to, me. to Me. Yeah, yeah, from Cabaret. Because that's the Nazi song. That shit's creepy, though. And it's it hits dead on. It's, it's fucking it's creepy. It's dead on, that song. The lyrics on that, yeah. I can't, you know, with those two wrote some... I know. Back to this! Give us your fifth and final paranormal. Didn't I just? No! Okay, The Loch Ness Monster. The Loch Ness Monster. Yeah. What the fuck is that? All those people seeing... I'm sorry, Mr. Sasquatch. (laughs) Okay? I'm going with the Loch Ness Monster because people have been seeing something in that loch for hundreds of years, and what the fuck is it? And nobody has an explanation. Nobody can say, this is what that is. So, it fits all the criteria... I'm going with Loch Ness Monster. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Sasquatch motherfucker. <laughs> Talking about Bigfoots. <laughs> Bigfoots. There are 397 Bigfoots. Bigfoots have been seen on every continent. Oh my God. It's Big Feet, motherfucker. <laughs> we now move on to our next segment. Get off my lawn. Did you hear me? I said get off my lawn now. Yes, it's time for the grumpy old gaming gripe of the week. Oh, take a number. And what's your gripe this week, Tomas? Uh, let me see. Uh, flipping files, flipping files. Let me see my gripe <laughs> this week. Okay, I'm a, I'm a go with. Oh, I had it before. I thought of it before. Oh, jumping to conclusions. Jumping to conclusions. Yes. Uh, Why is that your gripe? Did uh, someone jump to conclusions? Uh, you, you would, you would sort of make that conclusion from the fact that I brought it up. Yes. So I, I'm gonna say, mind your fucking business. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> But the jumping to conclusions, the the uh, assumption that, uh, yeah, like, give me a second. Wait a second. Well, then some event occur that precipitated I'm not this being your gripe of the week. Let me explain to you, okay? The gripe of the week is the jumping to conclusions. In no terms anywhere does it say I have to explain or justify my gripe but of the week. But you usually have some colorful anecdote yes no i do for this one but yeah i'm not at liberty to share it Uh, 
Are you protecting the innocent? The vast audience. Or protecting the guilty? Of, uh, what are we on? What Gripe of the week. No, 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 Like, uh, who produce, Who puts us out there for the public to see? That would be my producer, Stephen. Okay, so, all right, so, so what platform is it on? Uh, oh. Never mind. Never mind. Fucking, fucking. I don't know what your point is anymore. I don't either. I don't either, and I don't care, do you? I'm just trying to find out what you're jumping into conclusions is based on. Yeah, I'm not telling you, and I want you to know that and move on. No matter how many ways you say it, I'm not, I'm not giving you details. Okay, fine. I'm saying the <laughs> impulse, maybe the human capacity, the uh, need to jump to conclusions. Yes. You know, to, to make decisions without evidence sort yes. of thing that whole can you prove that can you uh what makes you say that why would you believe that whole thing ah there's my gripe that that annoyed me this week okay okay i'm not telling you anything else <laughs> about that because i don't have to can you tell us at least if no. your encounter with this event of jumping to conclusions was resolved to your satisfaction at all Here's the thing about that is, depending upon the situation you're in, let's say I am the person who is having the conclu- the the conclusion jumped to. Okay, it's about me. I figured that much. So, <laughs> so you sort of question, what is it about me that makes you jump to that conclusion? So maybe it's not so much the jumping to conclusions as to jumping to offensive or uh, uncomfortable conclusions. Ah. Uh. We're making a baseless assumption about you. Yeah, uh, you could jump to any conclusion you want, so long as it doesn't offend me. Okay. Or you know, insult me personally. And in this particular instance, were you offended or insulted? No, 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 no. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. No. Um, <laughs> it's just like, bitch, what kind of thing? It's like, it's an annoyance. It's a gripe. It's a thing. Today, this week, I felt that that was it. That was the hair in my ass. This week, it don't matter for nothing. It's just Okay. It's a gripe. It's a gripe. Thank you for sharing with us. Uh, You always make it such a thing. My gripe is the weather. It should be warmer. Mm. It's May 3rd. We're going to get a lot of time out of this one. Yes. This is pure gold right here. The weather as a gripe. Yes, it's my gripe. Uh, I want to start working in the yard. I want to start planting stuff, and it ain't warm enough yet. There's 500 followers right there. Damn right. Anyway, we now come to the conclusion of this week's episode, and none too soon. That was slow and laborious. Yeah, that's all your fault. Uh, I had a lot to say this week. Yeah, because it was all about that's what the people look for. I'm sorry, and you mock it, okay? But let's see what you what you start getting on your soapbox and preaching about come November 2024. You're going to be all about the vote. I'm just saying I'm going to leave it there. I'm not arguing. I'm going to leave it there. And I'm saying that the whole thing comes back to that anyway. You leave it there like a turd in the road. That's exactly right. No, I picked that shit up because that's nasty. Unless it's really liquidy. And then there's nothing I can enough! Do. I enough! Oh my god, we're ending the show! Because it's liquid. <laughs> Wait till the next rain. What do I want to tell you? I have poop bags. I don't have fucking urinals. Remember, you can download all of our episodes. Yeah, don't miss this comment. And our though. bonus material at our website www.grumpyoldgaymanthedogs.com. I think you should put on a lot of like dogs. We did a good dog thing before. Yes, we did. A service dog. Yes, we did. Yeah, that, that should yeah. be like in the bonus material. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, I'll see what I can do. I don't know why you're bothering because this is an audio fucking 
platform and you're making fun of me yes. physically in front of my face. That's all right. I'm enjoying it. That's nobody all knows, that matters. Nobody knows but me. That they don't. I don't care. I'm enjoying it. So you don't care about what they're hearing and I'm coming to fucking farm. No, I care that I'm enjoying myself at your expense. Okay. <laughs> so long as all is right with the world. Except for the weather, apparently. Yes. Because it's May 3rd and it should be warmer than it is. Yes. Well, what do you expect that the, the 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 reason for that is? Like, why is it not where it should be? I don't know. I think you do. I'm not a meteorologist. I'm feeding you into a global warming thing that you can go off on a rant for. I don't feel like going off on a rant. We're at the end of the show. Is there anything I can... There's no need to go off on a rant about anything now. All right. Whatever, man. It's your show. Can I just end the fucking show now, please? I would love that. I've been here since fucking Wednesday. Stop fucking talking! Don't forget, you can follow our daily posts on Facebook and on Twitter. You know, that could be abusive language. Stop fucking talking. Like, they would would flag that on social media. Good! I'm glad! Stop fucking talking. That's like right before the smack hits. And then the cop comes, should just stop. Thus we come to the end of this week's episode. Do you have any further words of wisdom you care to share with our audience, Tomas? I think that people who use thus are, there's two kinds of people in the world. People who use thus and people who don't. Thus, in regular, normal, everyday, like commercial, even although there's not a dime been spent. So henceforth, I I shall be known as a person who uses the word "thus." What's interesting is maybe it's like the use of language reveals. And you didn't even comment on my use of the word "henceforth." No, because it it played perfectly in. I'm going to say for the third time tonight, it totally tracked. It was exactly what you would have said because, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thus. That's my last observation. Thus. Thus on that note. Thus on that. Thusly speaking. Uh, and and by the intent it is thusly justified. And thusly. And with. with what was the other one? With, with henceforth. 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 <laughs> let it be known. That in the corner of Patrick fucking Finn, the little leprechaun from Farmingdale. Ah, yeah. Henceforth. Furthermore. And on that note, we're going to say, have a good night, have a good week, have a good life, and we'll see you next time. Bye, bitches.